Hey everyone, welcome. It is Zoe Blasky. Welcome to this episode of Motherkind, the show that's going to help you navigate the massive challenges of life as a modern mother with more community, confidence, clarity, and self-awareness. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful that you have pressed that little play button and you're here with me right now. Bit of a different episode for you this week because this week, the 17th of November, marks the five-year anniversary of Motherkind. And even as I say that, I still cannot quite believe it. If you'd have told me that when I started this show five years ago that I would still be doing it five years later, I just don't think there was any part of me that would have believed you. So firstly, thank you so much to you because it is only because of you, my beautiful listeners, that I have been able to now make this into my job, that I am able to do this week in, week out and speak to the incredible guests that I have. So thank you. Your support not only means the world to me, but it just touches my heart every single message that I get from you. And you know, what's incredible is most days I get a message from someone in our community saying how an episode has shifted their perspective or completely changed the trajectory of how they felt about themselves or their children or their life. And I also get lots of messages saying that the podcast has changed people's lives, which is just phenomenal for me to hear. And a little unbelievable that me, you know, sat here often in my bedroom alone, (laughs) creating this pure passion project has impacted so many. So I thought I would spend this episode, just me and the mic, sharing a little bit about what I've learned about life from five years of podcasting. My team are upset with me because I'm so late recording this because it has taken me so long to try and distill down these thoughts and points because as you can imagine, there is so, so, so much. And this episode isn't really about podcasting. This episode is about passion. This episode is about creating something through motherhood. It's about starting something that you want to see. I really hope that what I share with you is going to be inspiring and interesting and thought provoking. So should we dive into it? Because then at the end, I've been sent some incredible questions from you guys over on Instagram. So I'll spend some time thinking about these lessons and then I will answer some of your questions. So here's what I've learned. I'm going to share five things that I've learned about life from doing this podcast for five years, week in, week out for five years through early motherhood, a pandemic, a new baby, a house move, a complete change of lifestyle, week in, week out, I have been able to keep this podcast going. And that is my first point that I've really learned about life is about the power of showing up and the power of consistency. I really didn't understand this when I was younger consistency and discipline to me seemed really boring and unexciting. And actually what I have learned is that it is through consistency that we we create whatever we want to create. Whether you want to create something in your work life or your personal life, or you want to change something about your physical strength or how you eat or how you parent, we have to be able to do it consistently I cannot tell you how many clients I've coached who said, Zoe, I've tried that. And I'll say, how long did you try it for? I'll say about a month and I gave up, about three months and I gave up. 
Honestly, I think most of the big gains and wins in life come from playing the long game and from being consistent. And consistency compounds over time. So there are certain people in my life and some followers and some of our community have said, Zoe, have a break. Like, Have you thought about going to seasons? How about, you know, don't release an episode for a couple of months? And absolutely, that would have been an option for me. But I really understand and I've come to understand that consistency compounds over time. The more consistent that you can be at anything in your life, the greater the benefits you will see. Really, this commitment that I made to a weekly podcast five years ago was also about a commitment to showing up for my community. And accountability 100% helps when you come to make a commitment for changing or creating something in your life. And also for showing up for myself because there's so many things in my life that I've wanted to do in the past and I dabbled and then I didn't follow through. And I think the one thing that I'm most proud of with this podcast is that I've continually showed up. At times that's been really easy and at times that has been excruciatingly hard, you know, when it's got to really late at night and we don't have an episode for the next day. But somehow we have always managed to create something, do something, something's happened. And we've always released that weekly episode 6am on a Thursday for five years. So that is my number one thing. And I'm also applying that into my life at the moment with marathon training, which is completely out of my comfort zone. I am not someone who has ever enjoyed exercise or fitness. I couldn't run 2K before I started my marathon training. I'm now up to 15K. So I'm slowly building it. But again, what I'm learning is that everything in life that we want, that we want to change, that we want to create, that we want to experience differently comes from doing consistent, small action, having a vision, having a goal, of course, and then taking the consistent action towards that every single day. So that's my first lesson is to just keep showing up. Your second one is kind of linked to that. It's about the power of just putting one foot in front of the other. So if you'd have told me back in 2017 that I would be doing this for five years, I absolutely would have freaked out and I probably never would have started. What I've really learned is the power of having a vision. And I absolutely had a vision for the podcast and for Motherkind and for me and how I wanted to grow and develop. So it's having that vision and then almost letting it go. And you hear about this a lot when people talk about manifesting and change and fulfilling our dreams is you have the big dream and then you just get to work day by day working towards it. One way that I've really managed to reduce the overwhelm and the stress that I guess would have been a possibility for me is to just think about one day at a time, one moment at a time. And I think when you're going through big change, that is such a powerful mantra. I remember one of my early mentors, I was going through a huge personal crisis and I just felt completely dysregulated a lot of the time. And she said to me, one heartbeat at a time, just one heartbeat at a time, put your hand on your heart. You will get through this next hour, this next day, this next week, just one heartbeat at a time. I have never forgotten that. And I use that still now, you know, when things get really intense or 
my nervous system feels completely dysregulated and I just want to run, hide, cry, freeze, whatever it is, I just come back to just this one breath, just this one breath, just this one heartbeat, break it down. And that's what I've used in this podcast as well, is just this one day, just this one episode. And step by step by step, that has built into now five years. I've also used that in my sober life. So lots of you might know I stopped drinking nearly nine years ago now. And it's a mantra, of course, in 12-step recovery one day at a time. And, you know, I've been in 12-step recovery for a long, long, long time now. So for sure that has influenced how I approach business and life. But there is such a power in just taking it one day at a time, just for the next 24 hours. What's my intention? How do I want to show up? How can I be? What do I want to do differently? Particularly if you're breaking cycles or patterns, which I know so many of you are out there doing. Just think about the next 24 hours. The other thing that I've really learned in this one day at a time or taking it one step at a time is that when I let myself get too stressed and overwhelmed, that completely blocks my ability to think clearly. Stress blocks creativity. When I found myself feeling really stressed or overwhelmed or panicked by success, which absolutely has happened to me, I never thought that this platform would grow as big as it had. I never thought it'd be listened to by so many people. You know, I've really struggled with that sense of imposter syndrome and being visible and being seen, particularly in a vulnerable way. When that is on me, I know that there's a part of me that wants to push through that and just keep going and work harder. And almost I can get into this free state where I almost just am staring at my laptop and freaking out. But I know what is absolutely best for me is to reset, is to take a minute just to reset my nervous system, to do whatever I can, maybe write it out, journal it out, which is a massive tool that I use to then allow that creativity and that ability that we all have to see solutions and see the way through something. But we can only do that when we get ourselves out of that dysregulated fight, flight, freeze place. So that is another massive thing that I've learned through this process of five years of podcasting is the moment things feel overwhelming or stressed, step away, step away, Zoe, step away from the mic, step away from the laptop, regulate, clear your head. It feels unproductive. It's actually the most productive thing you can be doing and then come back. And I think the same is true in parenting, isn't it? You know, when it's all kicking off and you feel like, you know, you're going to explode the most productive thing you can do is take a breath, step away, come back to it when you're regulated. There's not much we can do really effectively when we are dysregulated or in that stress space. There's a book that I love. I'm sure some of you might know her, Marie Forleo, Everything is Figureoutable. And I really like that phrase. You know, for me, the side note is when we feel regulated, everything is figureoutable. We can always find a way through every solution. And yeah, there's been some really big challenges with the podcast over the years, and we've always, always found a solution. I'm quite spiritual, as lots of you know, and I do believe that the universe, life, love, forces, whatever you want to call it, conspires and will conspire with you in your life to help you create and find solutions to any problems that you might be facing. So that's the second one, is just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other even when you're facing massive stress. The third one is create what you wish was in the world. I think this 
can be in a business sense, which I guess is what this podcast is, but also in our lives. So if we wished that we'd had a certain type of childhood or a certain relationship with our mother or our father, we can create what we wish to see in the world. If we want more kindness in the world, let that begin with us. We can start to create that in our homes. And many of you will know the story of this podcast, that it started because I desperately needed it. I found becoming a mother seven years ago unbelievably hard. It completely floored me. I now know that's a really universal experience. I did not know that then because when I looked at the media and social media, everyone seemed to be, you know, having photo shoots with their babies in headbands and you know, having an amazing time at coffee shops. And I I just felt absolutely floored by it. It brought up all of my coping mechanisms and my unhelpful behaviours around control and perfectionism and fear. And I started looking for content around, I guess, a deeper conversation around motherhood, my experience of motherhood, my internal experience of what was happening to me. And I found not a lot. There was quite a bit in America, particularly Dr. Shafali was talking about conscious parenting and what comes up in us. But that was it, really. Here in the UK, seven years ago, there was a lot about what to wear, a lot about what to wear. I wasn't interested in that. A lot about what gin to drink. Well, I was sober, so I was like, well, that's not helpful for me. There was a lot about which pram to buy, which bottle to buy, a lot about equipment and kit. There was nothing I could find, particularly in the podcasting space that was speaking to my experience as a mother. You know, why is my marriage that felt great before suddenly feeling unbelievably hard? You know, I felt like that totally rocked the foundations of my marriage. It rocked the foundations of myself, my identity, It triggered all this stuff from my earliest years. And I really desperately wanted to consume some content about that. I wanted to learn about it and I couldn't find it. So long story short, after a ton of resistance, I created this podcast. I studied for a while all of the content and the guests that would help me in my experience of motherhood. And then I just got this fire in me that I wanted to share it. And I've got to be honest with you, that fire is stronger now than it even was then. My passion for sharing these messages about the internal experience, what happens to us as mothers in every single area of our lives when we go through matrescence and beyond, what happens to our relationship, what happens to our relationship with ourselves, what happens if we want to break cycles and do things differently, what happens if we want to work, don't work, why do we feel so guilty all the time? You know, these are massive topics and I really believe that every single mother deserves validation in her experience and support with evidence expert backed ideas. And that's what I've always tried to do with this podcast is bring you the latest thinking from incredible experts on motherhood and our lives as mothers. So if you have an idea, I would encourage you to think about this idea that that seed is in you for a reason. I felt so much resistance to creating Motherkind. I'll be honest with you, I did not want to do it. I was like, who am I? great idea. Someone else needs to do it. I'm a marketing consultant. I do not want to put myself out there in that way. I have no idea. I didn't even, I don't think I even had an Instagram account. I didn't know how to communicate with people. I'd, you know, I didn't know anything about the tech side of podcasting or anything. I'm trying to think, I think I did own a laptop, but that was probably as far as it went. So 
If you have this idea in you, I would encourage you to think that it's there for a reason. And if your idea is a business idea, or if your idea is, I really want to create something different in my home than I experienced, or I really want to experience what it feels like to be a relaxed, fulfilled, happy woman. If that is your idea, then it is there for a reason. And I would encourage you with every cell of my being to start taking tiny steps towards that because I am so, so, so grateful that I did. I cannot imagine all the wisdom and experiences and joy and depth and connection that I would have missed out on had I not decided to take those petrifying first steps towards creating this idea that was in my heart. I have always tried to put out amazing content on the podcast. So this idea of create what you wish to see, I've always tried to lead with what is interesting me. What is an episode that I would absolutely love to listen to? And genuinely, every single episode is one that I have been desperate to share with you that has helped me and supported me. That said, and this is another thing that I've really, really had to lean into through this process of five years of creating this podcast, is boundaries and saying no and risking not being liked because we get pitched probably about 10 guests a day to come on the podcast, all incredible people. And I've had to get really good at saying very kind no's. I've also had to put my big girl pants on a few times because I've recorded a few episodes that I haven't thought were good enough to go out. And that is a really difficult conversation to have, but I'm able to do that because of my commitment to myself and to you guys, my listeners, to only putting out episodes that I genuinely stand behind and love. So that's the third thing is create what you wish was in the world. The fourth thing that I have learnt over these five years of podcasting is to play the long game. And it's quite linked to that first point that we were talking about around consistency. But I think as mothers, we know this, right? We know that parenting is a long game. We will make incredibly hard short-term decisions that make life harder for us in the short term because we know in the long run that is going to help us and it's going to help our children. So saying, no, you cannot have whatever it is, that extra sweet, like Rose wanted the other day, you know, that caused me half an hour of absolute stress because she lost her mind and screamed. That really is what parenting's about, isn't it? It's short-term pain for long-term gain because whenever we set those boundaries and we do something really hard that our children don't like and people around us might not like, we know ultimately or we hope ultimately that is going to pay off. And I think podcasting is really similar to that actually around playing the long game. I have seen hundreds, maybe I was going to say thousands, is probably hundreds of podcasts over the past five years in the mother and parenting space come and go. And I think that's because people don't realize the amount of work that goes into creating podcasts. I definitely didn't before I started it. I was like, oh my gosh, it would have been so easy after a year to just think it's too much work. But as I said, my passion and my desire, and I knew that consistency is what would build this up and reach the audiences that we do now. So I think understanding what is really important for you in your life 
what is it that you want to create and can you play the long game on it? I think we live in a world, don't we? And I'm really noticing this recently. I wonder if you guys are as well around everything feels so short form to me. Everything feels so just give me the takeaway. Give me the takeaway. Give me the 30 second reel. Give me the bullet points. Give me the snappy headline. And I think it's really easy to forget about the beauty and the art of playing for that really long win. And that's why most resolutions and goals fail, by the way. And I'll do a special episode in January about this because I think 90% of New Year's resolutions never make it past February or some stat. I'll get the stat for you. It's quite staggering. And I think that's because when the motivation for something goes and motivation, by the way, is not something to rely on. It's a different part of your brain where our habits and our consistency and our discipline sit. And when the motivation goes, then we drop it. And I wonder if that's what's happened over the years with all these podcasts that I've seen come and go is that the motivation is so high at the start. And then the moment you have to start playing that long game, digging into consistency and discipline. I wonder if that's why lots of them, you know, haven't made it to this point because it's really hard. So I think the key here is what is really important to you? Being absolutely clear on that, just as I knew with Mother Kind that the podcast would always be the most important thing to keep consistent and keep delivering, understanding what that is, and then consistently deliver it and play the long game with it. Stop expecting short wins. I did not earn a penny from this podcast, I think for about the first 18 months. Had I decided to quit then, the whole thing would have been in a way, written off as a failure in my mind. I'd have been like, well, that was really hard. We reached a few people and I made no money. So there's something about allowing something to run its course, to play the long game, to have that focus, know what your priorities are, make yourself accountable and just keep going with it. It's also knowing when to drop something. That is a whole other conversation. But I think when you know what your focus is, what your priority is, it enables you to drop other things. Imagine if I'd also be trying to write a book alongside the podcast exactly the same time, launch multiple coaching programs, then no way I would have been able to keep it up. I've really been clear on the podcast is number one priority and everything else has to fit around that. A quick word from this week's sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens, I think, gosh, is it over a year ago now? And I started because I wanted more energy and I wanted to look after my health more proactively. And I have got to say it has made a massive difference. And now that I am marathon training, Honestly, I don't think I would be able to be doing it without my AG1. It is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and aging, basically all the things. It is totally unsurprising to me that it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. 
because it's amazing and even tastes nice. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash motherkind. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash motherkind to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Back to the episode. And the last lesson is that connection is the most important currency that we have as humans. And I have really, really learned this through podcasting. I have learned that you can connect heart to heart with anyone, even if you've never met, which I often haven't with the guests. I've not often spoken to them before. We jump on the Zoom and we're there and we're able to get into that deep connection heart space really quickly because we both have the intention to do so. And it is that connection, I think, when I think about the past five years, that has really fueled me more than anything. Connection with you guys, the listeners, connection with my guests, and of course, connection with myself through all the things that I've learned and seen and been able to transform. And I think at the heart of connection is being able to really listen. As many of you know, I'm a trained transformational coach and I often joke that 90% of coach training is learning to listen, which sounds bonkers, doesn't it? But it's such a skill that we're not taught. Many of us half listen. We listen, but we're listening to respond or we're listening to think about how we're going to get our point across or be right. Being able to listen non-judgmentally with an open heart, listening to what's not being said, listening to body language just as much as we're listening to words, listening for the emotion and the feeling under what someone is saying. That is such a skill. And I really have been able to hone that over the past five years. And you know, I'm noticing the benefits of that in every single area of my life, particularly my parenting, where I'm really able to listen and validate to my girls. I'm able to really hear what's going on under their words. It feels like a superpower. It sort of is in a way because it's not normal. And podcasting has really, really, really taught me that. When I first started, I would, of course, not really be listening. I'd be thinking about what question am I going to ask next? Is the tech running? Is the recording going okay? Does this person think I'm okay? All of that would be going on my head and I wouldn't really be listening. And if you listen to some early episodes, you'll definitely be able to hear that. Now I am so present when I'm listening, sometimes there's a pause before I'm asking the next question or commenting or reflecting. And that is because I am not thinking, what am I going to say next? I am absolutely just present with that person and listening. Lots of guests, when we finish recording, say, wow, that was incredible. And it's so lovely to hear that when you hang up from a podcast, when you finished the recording to get that feedback from a guest just fills me up. And sometimes I wonder if it is because of that training that I've had in coaching that enables me to feel completely present and really listen to someone. And of course, someone picks up on that. Of course, when we're more present with someone, they feel safer to reveal more of who they are. The same is true with our children. When we sit with them, we look at them eye to eye and we really listen. They're going to tell us more of what's going on. Same with our partners, same with our friends. So connection and 
listening. And I think that is something that each and every one of us can take into our lives right now, today. How can I be more present? How can I listen? Really listen. I guarantee you will notice the difference in your relationships and how people communicate. All right. I didn't have many notes in front of me, so I'm conscious now. My critic is on me saying that that was a bit waffly and a bit repeating myself, but I'm just going to notice that part of me. And Day, thank you for trying to protect me. And I'm going to remember that even if a small little bit of what I just shared was helpful, then that is a win for me. So those are my five things I have learned from five years of podcasting. Keep showing up, be consistent, just put one foot in front of the other, create what you wish there was in the world, play the long game and connection trumps everything else. So now I'm going to answer a few listener questions. And again, I haven't prepared these because another thing that I've learned about myself is that I'm far more able to give a a genuine, authentic response when I haven't prepped. So I am going to grab those questions now and I'm going to answer them for you. Okay. So the first question is from Martina and I love it. The question is, how do you have fun? Sometimes I find the healing heavy, serious and forget to have fun. And the reason I wanted to ask this question first is because for sure, this is something that I have struggled with. And I think running a business like Motherkind and a podcast where often we're talking about really deep. You know, we talk about transgenerational trauma and we talk about the things that happen to us and we talk about breaking cycles and that can feel heavy and serious and it is heavy and serious. And I would say for the first couple of years, I was not good enough at decompressing from that and also remembering to have fun. So I would say my move from London to Dorset that we did 18 months ago has been instrumental in that because I've made a really fun group of friends down here. They're all really like-minded, yoga teachers, breathwork teachers, entrepreneurs, an amazing group of women. And we have a lot of fun whether that's swimming in the sea and squealing our heads off because it is bloody ice cold and we can't believe what we are doing or going out for dinner or just laughing on the school run. So I have really been able to lean into much more fun and lightness. And actually, I can see that that is just as much a part of breaking cycles and healing as doing that deep, heavy, you know, wading through treacle work of unpacking our stuff. It's a definite challenge. I would encourage you to think about what feels fun, not what you think should feel fun. I think lots of people think that adult fun is about getting smashed at a party. That is absolutely not fun for me, nor is going out for a smart dinner absolutely not fun for me. What is most fun for me is connecting with groups of people. And with Guy, I love to have fun by doing something new, trying something. So we might try paddleboarding or wakeboarding down here because we're by the sea or just trying something new. That is what is fun for me. So figure out what is fun for you and let go of any expectation of what you think, quote unquote, should be and lean into what actually feels fun for you. Experiment with it do something, learn from it and then tweak it. So you might do something and think, oh, I don't feel very fun. That bit did. And then do more of that bit. So thank you for that question, Martina. Who is on your wish list is the next question. 
Number one on my wish list is Brené Brown. We have been messaging her and her team for about four years. So it will happen one day. It's just a matter of time. I absolutely love Brené Brown. I love her work. I also love who she seems to be in the world. I love how she handles challenges being in this public space. And I would adore to have a conversation with her about breaking cycles, about parenting, and about vulnerability, about those three things, because she talks to those so powerfully. And I would love, love, love to have that conversation with her. So yeah, Brené Brown is probably top of the wish list for me. Next question is from Katie and she says, who was Zoe five years ago and who is she now? Oh my gosh. What are the key things that have played a part? I think so much has changed me in the past five years of doing this podcast. I think overall, I am far more compassionate, empathetic and understanding of other people's experiences than I ever was before. I think when I started the podcast, my thinking was maybe a little bit binary, a little bit black or white. Is this all that? Well, this is my experience. And that has absolutely changed for me now. And I sit far more in the gray, in the middle, in the, well, this has worked for me, but it might not work for you. This is my experience, but this is that person's experience. It's something that I want to keep challenging myself to do with the podcast and perhaps we haven't done as well yet is bring in way more diversity of voices and experiences through this path of motherhood and everything that it brings. I think that has definitely, definitely changed for me. I didn't understand certain things about challenges that certain people in society might face and why I didn't understand terms about ableism. I've really learned about anti-racism work that I'm going to be honest with you, I did not understand before I started this podcast. So I think that's the first thing is that I am way more compassionate and understanding about other people's experiences through life than I ever was. It's almost like the scales have fallen from my eyes a little bit. The second thing I would say is I'm way more confident. And by that, I don't mean that I'm louder and I'm able to show up more. I mean that I care less about what other people think of me than I ever did. And that is such a freeing feeling. It is incredible. When I started the podcast, I was definitely invested in, do I sound okay? Do I sound smart? (laughs) And you can hear that in some of my early episodes, I talk way too much. And I definitely tried to show, you know, what I know and how much I've read. And, you know, that is not what makes for a good life or a good podcast host. You know, there's so much strength in true confidence, which of course is about humility and being able to really listen and being confident and saying, I don't know the answer to that, or that isn't something that I'd thought about. Help me, educate me. And I think that's one of the biggest ways that I've changed is that I feel really safe in that vulnerability and that humility of not knowing. That's why hopefully you've noticed over the years, I speak less and less and less in the podcasts particularly when I have a guest on that I'm learning about something new. Whereas in the early days, I was much more about trying to show and prove, I suppose, about what I knew and my knowledge. So that is a huge, huge, huge shift. And there are so many things I could answer on that question. I definitely feel lighter and freer. I definitely feel way more secure in my parenting and 
in how I live and what's important to me. I feel super confident in making decisions about my life. And a lot of that has come from guests. You know, a lot of that has come from learning from the incredible wisdom, the tools, the ideas, the inspiration. So yeah, I feel incredibly grateful for that. You know, the Zoe of five years ago probably wouldn't recognize the Zoe sat here today. And I really hope that the Zoe in five years time, again, you know, I've still got so much that I want to release and transform and transmute and feel differently about. And I really hope that the next five years is going to be that leveling up for me. Let's find another question. I'm scrolling through these. Lauren says, how do you deal with the grief feelings of motherhood going too quickly. It's really interesting, Lauren. I don't actually feel that. I don't feel a grief of it going too quickly. I've often thought about why that is. You know, when you hear people say, I just wish I could pause you at that age. And I've never actually had that. I genuinely feel like every year that my kids get older, I enjoy it more for sure, because I get more and more confident. I'm also a communicator. So Jesse is nearly seven and I absolutely am loving now that we are able to have proper conversation. I mean, it is unreal. She has opinions. She challenges me. We're able to sit and talk sometimes for hours about things. And I absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. I also think I've done a really good job over the past five years, just because of the podcast and the guests that I've speaking to, at becoming more and more present. So, you know, obviously I work. I work four days a week from nine till two. I do every school drop off and pick up, or Guy and I do. And what I've become quite good at is being completely present when I am with the girls. That's partly because of what I've learned about meditation and focus and active listening, all from the guests that I've had on. And I think that sense of just being absorbed with them and being completely present with them does mitigate that sense of it's going too quick. Disclaimer here, I might feel differently next week. I might feel differently next year. I might think, oh my gosh, it's going way too quick and I wish I could pause it. But sat here right now, I just feel really grateful for every single moment with them. I also feel really grateful for every single moment that I get to work and create and do something that I love. Okay, I'm going to answer one more question, then we are going to close. So let me find one that I'm going to answer. What is it you think worry about in parenting now? As I'm sure with experience knowledge, it's changed. Yes, it has. When I first became a mother, my biggest anxiety was that I hadn't done enough work on myself and I was going to repeat and dump onto my children all of my unprocessed pain and trauma. And that was a really, really big worry for me. And I don't feel like that at all anymore. Not because I've healed it all. Of course not. That is never, ever, ever going to happen. It's an ongoing journey. But because I feel that there's such a level of openness and awareness in our house that we talk about it. I also know and have come to see by speaking to, gosh, people like Gabo Marte and Dr. Gordon Newfield and loads of others that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, that we all project our pain, you know, our stuff onto our children. That is just part of the deal. And I think when I first became a mum, I was so adamant, you know, I used to say it stops with me, it stops with me. And 
you know, they will only know joy and they will only know freedom. And that is just completely unrealistic. What I want now is for them just to see a mother who is committed to her life, committed to her inner life, committed to her relationship, committed to her work, committed to her mothering. That's really what I want them to see. I also feel like I have a confidence in my parenting now and with Guy that whatever comes up, we'll handle it. And I didn't feel like that before. I didn't feel like I had the tools. I felt really worried that Jessie was going to be an anxious child and I wouldn't be able to handle it. Or what happens if she refuses school and I wouldn't be able to handle it? I don't feel like that now. I feel like whatever came up in our lives, I would be able to handle it and we would be able to handle it. And I think that is the biggest change, just that sense of confidence and security. So I had tons more questions sent through to me and who knows, maybe I'll do a whole episode if you guys are keen on Q&A. But for now, I think I've been talking for far too long. I am fairly over the sound of my own voice. So maybe you guys are too. I just want to thank you again for your support of the podcast, for your support of this episode, for your support of the Motherkind mission and for being part of our community. Please do keep sharing the podcast. I have never spent a penny advertising the podcast and I haven't needed to so far because you are incredible at sharing it. You're incredible at popping onto your stories on Instagram, sharing links on Facebook and popping links of the episodes that you love into your WhatsApp groups. So thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the community. And here is to the next five years. Can you imagine what we would have created after 10 years of the Malachine podcast? I cannot wait. Thank you all. I will see you next time. I'm Lauren and I'm Nicole and if you enjoy this show you will love our podcast self-care club every week we trial a different form of self-care and report back on the results we've tried everything from cuddle therapy setting boundaries laughter yoga and many more two friends who rarely agree on anything testing out the world of self-care so you don't have to we've even written a book dedicated to self-care practices that cost you nothing you can listen to self-care club wherever you get your podcasts or to purchase our book search have you tried this on amazon